I just focus on what can I do today to either change someone's life, help them, uh, give them a tool. And that compounding effect has led me to where I am today. There's something to be said about that authenticity of actually genuinely wanting to help people that is magnetic. And then people will tell other people and it just spreads like wildfire. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. Thanks again for being here to dig even deeper with my good buddy, Travis Brown. If you missed his previous Power Packed episode about using Instagram DMs to build a loyal, raving fan base, you missed some serious gold. So go back and listen. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am joined today by a very, very special guest. It's, I mean, it's very, very rare where on a podcast, you get someone who all they do is podcasting, and I have that treat today. So if you're listening to podcasts, you're going to enjoy this because he does all things podcasts. So guys, give it up for Travis Brown. Travis, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks, Lisanne. I'm super excited to be here with you today. Guys, we are going to have a party right before we hit record today. Travis was giving me a little snippet about who he is and what he does. And I literally interrupted him and I said, stop, don't say anymore. I want you guys to hear this. I almost wish, wish that I would have been re-recording the bit. So guys, Travis Brown is literally all things podcast. For those of you that are just listening to the audio, he's swagged out in his gear. He's got a, his podcaster shirt on. He's got a podcaster hat and his equipment is legit. I'll just tell you that straight up. Uh, this guy, he is a, he's an entrepreneur to the bone. He's got a podcast of his own. He teaches podcasting. He does audio, audio editing for people's podcasts. And he also has podcast support tools and swag for those of us that are also super into podcasting. And Travis, we're just really excited to dive into your business and learn about your journey and, and just get the full scoop of, of what makes you unique in this world and how you can bless uh, the audience that's listening today. So again, yeah. we're super stoked to have you. Thanks for being here. That was a great intro. I, I feel like I need that on my LinkedIn page or something. <laughs> well, when you, when we get the recording, we'll like run it through Temi or something and, and you can Okay. <laughs> All right. So Travis, for those people that aren't as familiar with your journey, talk to us about how you got started as, as a freelancer editing and built this business and even what you did beforehand. Like, how did you find the entrepreneurial world? That's always a fascinating journey for me. Yeah. I, I think, uh, entrepreneurs are sort of programmed out of the box. You know, like when I was 14 years old, I cut every yard in my neighborhood so I could save up for a car and, I've had many different businesses. Uh, and then at some point in my teenage years, I got a guitar and started a band. And 
got some uh, decent success off that. So I used to travel the country playing shows, like living like a gypsy, sleeping in a van, you know, doing the whole journey of uh, the the band guy thing. And uh, it was a great experience because I would actually, it's where, where I really learned about community and sales, which I think has set me up for a lot of the successes I've had uh, in podcasting. There's a lot of connections between podcasting and music. So like every band guy who doesn't make it, you grow up one day and you realize all your friends have condos and cars and, and a wife and health insurance, and you're just this kind of gypsy guy. So I decided, hey, listen, I am going to uh, get a big boy job, you know? And so uh, through my band days, I actually learned audio engineering. So I wanted to empower myself to be able to record my own music. So that really set me up for podcasting too. So I got this nine to five job. I would commute one hour both ways. And somewhere along there, I just bumped into podcasting and I started listening to these podcasts on my way to work and back from work. And the first thing that I noticed was that a lot of them didn't sound very good. And so I thought with my experience and my passion for all this, I could probably make podcasts sound pretty good. So I went to a mastermind event, met a guy named Tom Reber, who tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, you're an audio guy. I'm looking to start a podcast. And I was like, perfect. So we planned out his podcast. I started producing that and editing his show and helping him and looking at analytics and things like that. And it's ironic because he's my first client. And last week, he just got an HGTV show from his podcast. So huge success story there. Uh, but from there, it was just word of mouth. People people needed somebody to take care of the dirty work, you know, which is audio, which not not all people have that background. So I grew this agency of of producing podcasts for authors and entrepreneurs and and people who didn't just wanted to do the fun part, which is you know sharing your story and doing your passion. So that got me into podcasting, and uh, I've edited over twenty five hundred podcasts myself and listened to podcasts in my free time. I probably heard more podcasts than than you know, multiple people combined in their lifetime at this point. That's amazing. So, and tell me what, what were the podcasts that you got hooked on first that you were listening to when you would go back and forth from work? Like, were they businessy podcasts or were they more like history or media? Or... Yeah. So I was immediately uh, into the business podcast, you know, how to grow a business, how to grow a list, all those things. And then of course, I, I, I'm i a comedy fan. So I got into Joe Rogan and all the comedians and all the people that were just doing that sort of guys sitting around the table. And uh, of course, it kind of depends on what mood you're in. You know, am I ready to learn? Am I ready to be entertained, right? Podcasting really comes down to those two sort of pillars, like we're educating or entertaining people through uh, podcasting. So um, yeah, business. I mean, I still listen to a ton of ton of different business podcasts and there's nothing better than finding like a new person that you connect with on that medium that you can learn from um, probably like your audience does with you. Oh yeah. Well, we have a blast for sure. And I love anytime I'm either on a podcast or I listen to a new podcast, I really enjoy the process to see like what are um, people innovating and doing out there to make their podcasts stand out more different, more interesting, more entertaining and different things like that. What, as, as you've been um, editing and you've edited so many, as you just said, uh, what have been some of the key things that you've noticed that like really tend to grab attention, keep attention, keep people coming back, listen to multiple episodes in one sitting, like 
Tell us the secrets. Yeah, Give us sure. the behind the scenes. Yeah. So, um, you know, podcasting, you have to you have to grow into it, right? You have to give yourself grace and learn new things and test new things. So um, as I've been testing with my clients, I quickly figured out uh, one of the things that is really great to do in a podcast is to use a hook. It's very similar to music. So your favorite pop song generally starts with the chorus because it's the most exciting part of the song. So applying that uh, parameter to podcasting, what you want to do in your podcast is the soonest possible thing that they hear is telling them what they're going to learn or what, what big nugget is in the podcast, right? So a lot of podcasters make the mistake. They put an ad first, or they just do a lot of small talk first. You want to hit them with the chorus. So tell them like, Hey guys, in this episode, I'm going to teach you the exact steps to grow your podcast, you know, or whatever the thing that you're trying to convey in that episode, hit them with it right away this is going to qualify them. They're going to go, oh, okay, this is something I actually want to learn. And they can continue to listen. It's called hooking them in. So that's one thing that really stands out to me. Um, in the beginning of podcasts, people had these really long intros. It was like people telling them their whole life story with a little bit of music behind it. And I've seen a trend of having much shorter intros. So in my personal podcast, I've completely gotten rid of the intro where I explain to you who I am and what I'm going to do. I use a hook. Then I just use a quick sound effect and some drums that I played. And then I get right into the show because people are busy. You know, we're all stuck at home, but we're all really busy. And if you can get people uh, into the show and let them know what they're going to get, they're, they're more likely to stay for the entire episode. Does that make sense? hundred mm -hmm, percent. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Love so that, that was one thing. And then um, a lot of people make the mistake of trying to make a podcast a specific length. I see this question in Facebook groups. How long is the how long is a podcast supposed to be? And the truth of the matter is, is that you can have a podcast that's two minutes long or 75 minutes long, as long as you're bringing the value, telling stories and giving people something to stick around for. So instead of my clients saying like, you know, um, you know, you can tell when someone's kind of stretching to get to that time limit. There's no rules in podcasting. It makes it the most fun medium ever. Gary V, you know, our, our favorite marketing guy, Gary V gets in his car with AirPods and does a three minute rant and there's your podcast. So don't box yourself in. So I've talked to my clients about, Hey, let's experiment with new things. So for example, my initial client, Tom, he did a hundred interviews in a row. And then at a one oh one, he called me up and said, I don't have any more people to interview. And I said, you're an ex Marine. You've got this commanding voice. Why don't you just do like a short rant episode? So we released that episode and it got three times as many downloads as the hundred interviews that we had. So we called it a solo cast at the time. And so now he does three solo casts in one interview because we realized his audience wanted more of him as opposed to spotlighting his guest. That's fascinating. Yeah, I love I love that evolution. And those are really, really powerful tips. And it's funny, as you go through them, I'm thinking about the marketing matrix itself and how it has evolved. You know, it started out as 100% interviews. And then what I realized is that people were recognizing me in the industry and they were saying like, you're an amazing interviewer. And I was like, okay, that's cool and stuff. But like, that's not what I want to be known for. Yeah. And then I had this epiphany. Well, duh, like they don't know. My, my listeners don't learn about me. They learn about the, the, the guest. And so I made a pivot to change that 50% of the shows are solo episodes. And it's really made a huge difference in my authority in the marketplace. And so I love like everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm noticing the same things and, and making the, the same changes with, with my show. So those are absolute gold. I love that. And I probably should shorten my intro, my intro. I think, and I think when it first starts, you know, like, and your people are getting to know you, it's good, but after a while, 
Yeah. There's nothing worse than having to fast forward through the intro of the podcast you already love. So I, I'm trying to, uh, you know, podcasting is a frictionless medium, meaning I can listen to it and bench press. I can listen to it and walk my dog or do the dishes. And so the less friction you can put into your listeners' lives uh, and friction, I'm saying like having to fast forward through my intro, uh, the better, the, the happier they'll be. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, of course, you want an intro to explain because new people are coming in and you want to make sure that they know what they're going to get. But uh, that's just a trend that I've seen recently in podcasting. I've seen other podcasters I listen to sort of move away from the long form intro. And uh, it's just something to experiment with. Yeah, that's really, really exciting. So tell me about, let's like, I'm going to go back to your story for just a minute. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't become a musician and travel the country unless like you really love being a musician and, and playing your stuff. Was that a tough transition? I mean, you kind of like say it like, I just fell in love with podcasting, but like, how was that? I mean, my uh, guess, maybe it was, maybe it was for me personally, I, it would have been like really tough to make, to make that transition. What, what was that like for you? I mean, it was pretty easy for me because I really love, my passion is, is being creative. So I love making things and there's so many similarities between building a podcast and a song. You know, you're, you're, you're building tension and release in a song and you're, in a podcast, you're, you're making sure that you're entertaining people. So there's a lot of similarities. So for me, it was really easy. And, you know, it's easy for me to say podcasting is easy because I'm an extrovert. So I love getting to know people. I'm genuinely interested in people. I love meeting people. So podcasting is just this amazing platform where I can connect with people like yourself and we can share information and grow our audiences. Um, so you know, as an extrovert, it was very easy for me to get in front of a microphone as it had been something I had done for a decade in front of strangers, you know, and, uh, but it's much easier to do podcasting because I get to stay at home. I don't have to carry any gear or uh, wait around to get paid and things like that. So uh, for me, it was very easy. And the audio background just, it just carried right over. It was like, okay, I'm already using a digital audio workstation to make music. Now I'm just swapping out the drums and guitar and bass for, for voice and for stories. So it was, for me, it was very easy. And and it was, you know, I've truly believed that everything you do in your life sets you up to be in the right place. And it's just a blessing that, you know, I had that background to be able to just jump right into this and have all that experience. I love that. And I totally agree. I, I remember I've made quite a few pivots in my professional life. And for the first several, I felt like a failure because I was like, man, why can't I figure it out? And then I finally got to a point. I love, like, you just put it so well that like everything you do in your life prepares you to just be a rock star in that next thing. And so that is just such a powerful, powerful reminder. I think, especially with entrepreneurs who, like you say, were cut out of different cloth. So we have a tendency to pivot and try lots of different things. So yeah, I love a, that message. Yeah. A lot of the entrepreneurs, like I've had several online businesses and, you know, now I have some that are actually doing really well, but when I reflect on those, some of the things that happened or the things that I learned how to build or how to behave or a system all play into the success of these businesses. So if you have a business that you've started or a podcast that you've started and you say, you know what, I'm going to move away from this. I guarantee you, you've learned some really valuable things that you can apply to the next business. And I'm sure there's a story or a person specifically that I'm thinking of that, that, you know, did something like that. It's escaping me. I can tell you that, you know, Colonel Sanders started Kentucky Fried Chicken when he was 65 years old. So, you know, it's never too late to do the next thing in your life. Yeah. Be like the Colonel. I love it. Um, okay. So, and did you, uh, did you start your personal podcast and audio at the same, at the same time simultaneously, or did, 
one lead naturally into the other? Like, like how was that evolution? So when I got into podcasting, I did the thing everybody does where they just get a couple buddies and they, you know, they chit chat and make a podcast. And then as soon as my, my agency started to take off, I found that I had so many clients that I was really, I just put my podcast to the side and I was spending all my time producing other people's podcasts. So um, I, tore, I sort of took a hiatus. I've had many different variations of podcasts. I did an audio documentary one. I did uh, one called Amazing Humans where I interviewed you know people that inspired me. And uh, now that I'm in the podcasting world, it feels disingenuous to me to not have a podcast. So my podcast is called Podcast Therapy and it's it's for podcasters to help them overcome the obstacles because podcast starting a podcast is very easy, but, but maintaining it and continuing it and growing is very hard. So what I'm doing is I'm a big proponent of therapy. I think every person should go talk to somebody, whether you think you're a disaster or not. So having this sort of podcast therapy podcast where I, I will actually bring a podcaster on and we'll do like a little therapy session to re-inspire them or to fix the holes in whatever they're doing. And then I also interview other people uh, about podcasting tools and tips and tricks and things like that. So it's just, it's really fun. It's very meta, but uh, I've got a lot of great feedback and I'm hoping that I can help people either start a podcast and find their voice or the people that are thinking about quitting, give them that little last spark to keep them going. I, I love that and identify with it so much. I launched my podcast a year ago this month. It was December 2nd. 2019. Oh, congratulations. And I put like so much into that launch and the launch absolutely crushed it. Like we hit number 18 in business entrepreneurship in the first 24 hours of launch. We just absolutely slayed it, which was so exciting. But after that was like, um, but then after a month, I, I literally was like, oh my goodness, I have created a beast that is eating up every yes. second of my, of my extra time. And I was like, and I literally had to make a decision. Am I going to feed the beast or kill it? Exactly. Yeah. It is a beast. And, you know, I'm so grateful, you know, now looking a year back, I'm grateful that I kept it alive, but I, I had kind of a, kind of a crisis of like, wow, I created this successful podcast, but I'm like, now it's demanding to get attention. And it, yeah, was, it and was hard. It can be self-defeating because a lot of podcasters may be alone. And so you're talking into this mic and there's nobody there. And then you put it out on the internet and you're not getting that that, that initial feedback, you know, like people may listen to it. And this is very much like music. There's tons of people that could be a fan of your band that they never tell you. Right. And there's probably people that are a fan of your podcast. that they just never take the time to actually reach out and say, Hey, like that episode really changed my view on this or changed my life or got me inspired. So you just really have to believe and keep going and keep sharing your stories. And one of the things I think that podcasters actually make a mistake with is thinking that the last episode they've done is like the be all end all of the podcast. You know, they're really excited to promote it and they want to make sure that everyone listens to it. But what you're doing is you're building a library of content. And when that person is in the right place and finds you, they're going to be able to go back and listen to all those episodes and consume all those episodes without you having to do a single thing. It's just like when you find a new band that you didn't know about and you hear their new song and then you go back and listen to all their other songs. You, it's, it's wonderful because you're like, oh, there's all this material that I had never heard before. So you have to keep that in mind. They're like little soldiers. They're just working for you all the time. Make another one, make another one, build the library. It's sort of that Netflix mentality of, build a library where people can come in and just consume this stuff whenever they want on demand. They don't have to wait for it to be, you know, uh, on TV or anything like that. They just get to go and consume it, at, you know, frictionlessly whenever they need it. I love that. I love that. That's such a good way to put it. I'm going to, I'm going to like print that on my wall, like 
each episode is a little soldier. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they really are. And they're working for you. And, you know, you just never know, you know, we all, we've all seen viral videos, you know, the guy skateboarding with the cranberry juice and stuff like that was just one video he made out of probably hundreds of videos. You never know what the next that when it's going to pop. So mm. you just have to keep going. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of keep going because you, you just never know. And then you've built up this library of content that you could repurpose into all kinds of other things. And it's just such a valuable medium. I love that. So I, I want to, there's what, there's a pattern that I'm noticing with you, Travis, that I would love if you could go a little meta on yourself and dig into. And that is that you are someone who uh, you're observant and you notice the trends and you follow the breadcrumbs is kind of like what I'm picking up. And like, so like from some examples that I've heard from you is like one, how, uh, and I'd love for you to even go into the story, but how, how you started your podcast e-com brand, right? And then yeah. you launched one thing that you thought people would like, but they actually started to like something else. And then that is what you followed and it took off or even with the, um, things that you've noticed as you're editing, you're saying like, I've, I'm noticing the trend of how people are shortening their intros, like all this stuff. Like, is that, has, have you always been that way? Have you developed that? Like, how did you become this like observant breadcrumb follower that has led to you blowing up your success and yeah. your passion? You know, I think as I've gotten older, I'm able to like spend some time reflecting and looking at things instead of just thinking like, well, this is the way it is. And this is the half, the way it has to be more of an, an adaptation, you know, and, and spotting trends and seeing what's working and, and really you have to test things. You test and learn. That's what everybody's doing. All the successful people that you follow, they're testing and learning. You'll see people say, hey, I'm going to release a book. Which book cover do you like? You know, they're testing to see what people want. So I really think it's important to not look at experimenting as failure. I think people are really afraid to fail and I'm not afraid to fail. I am like, I'll put something out there and if it works, I keep doing it. And if it doesn't, I just move on to the next thing. So I think you have to somewhat be fearless. And I'm the kind of person that I'm really myself all the time. I'm not putting on a character. And if you love me, you love me. And if you hate me, you hate me. And that's fine. I understand that. So you really just have to be able to say, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Like, I'll just do another thing and try that. And that applies to businesses, podcasts, music, relationships. Like, I mean, it applies to everything in your life. So if you can really not feel like your failure is a bad thing, like I love failing because it makes the next thing so much better. So I'm just sort of uh, free from a cage of a little box. You know, people put themselves in a box and they're afraid to get outside of that box. There's no cage here. I'm just ready to, to, to go. Mm, that's such a powerful, powerful insight that, that there's no cage. There really isn't failure. It's all just learning and data and information. So fantastic. Okay. So, so tell us a little bit more about your e-com side. So you have yeah. this, this content side, this done for you type service, but that's not all guys. <laughs> yeah. Travis also has an e-com brand. So tell us about that. Sure. So um, as I was meeting people and taking co uh, consultation calls for this podcast editing company, you know, there were a lot of people that just weren't a good fit. They may not have had the budget. They may not have been ready. So I was like, you know, my passion really is to help people podcast. It's, it's, it's bigger than just editing someone's podcast. So I decided if I could create a course that distills all the things I've learned over like the last eight years and give it to somebody in a form where they could consume it in a few hours and apply that in, in the week coming, they could launch their own podcast and be really empowered. So I spent six weeks building this course called Shortcut to Podcasting. 
And there's a lesson here because nobody asked me to build this course. No one said to me, hey, I would like you to build a course to teach me. Nobody asked me for it. I spent all this time building it, got ready. I launched it and nobody bought it. So there's a lesson before you make your next course, ask your audience if they really want that information or find out if that's something that they need. So as part of the course, I subscribe to this theory of the lumpy envelope. So if I mail you something and the envelope is lumpy, it's the first thing you'll open. You have to know what's in there. So I made a deck of cards of all these questions that I had curated over the years uh, to help people start their interviews off a little better. So it's a tool that you can use to just, you know, have a little more confidence, have something to, to plan episodes and things like that. So I made this deck of cards. So after the course wasn't selling, I started promoting like, hey, by the way, I send you this free deck of cards with interview questions on it to take yourself to the next level. Well, people were emailing me saying, hey, man, I don't want your course, but what are those cards you keep showing? What are those cards? And so it dawned on me, hey, maybe this is a this is the pivot point. Maybe this is something that actually people actually want. So as a, a, a subscriber of the minimal viable product, I said, okay, before I go press 10,000 of these things, right, we, we all get really excited and we're like, how can I... How can I make as many as possible? I printed 10 decks. I called it pod decks. I built a website in two hours and I made a little ad on my iPhone and I ran it on Instagram and I sold out in like a minute. And so I was like, okay, that would, that had to be a fluke. I'm not a marketing guy. I'm not an advertising guy. I'm just sort of figuring this out. So I pressed a hundred decks and I ran the same ad and I sold out in a day. And that was when it dawned on me that people that are podcasting, starting podcasting, existing podcasters are looking for a tool to improve their conversations, to spark new ideas. And so I decided, okay, this is the thing. So I made more decks. I have an episode deck that has 50 unique interview, um, excuse me, 50 unique episode starting prompts. So if you, you know, we've all stared at a blank piece of paper wondering like, what do I even podcast about? This deck, you just shuffle up, pull a card and spontaneously podcast. And so from there, it just took off word of mouth. People found out about Poddex. They were promoting it on their social media channels. And um, I've gone from, you know, zero to six figures in under a year uh, selling decks of cards. Uh, of course, we've recently uh, also released a mobile app. But the, the proof of this is that sometimes the thing you set out to do isn't the thing, right? And if, and most people could have just said like, I'm not going to do the cards. Like, that's not what I, I want to do this course thing, but I just parked the course and I have sold the course, but the, the, the pod decks as a tool and a community has grown beyond my wildest imaginations of what it could have been. And this was just something that was supposed to be a silly gift that I gave to you for purchasing a premium course. That is seriously the best. I love that story so much. And, and we see that, so often with entrepreneurs where it's like, you know, the thing that's done for fun or just on a whim or like, because it was a resource they actually, that they wanted, but they didn't think anyone else would need. And then that's the thing, you know, that, that takes off. That is yep. so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. Well, and as you were talking, I'm like, okay, I need to go check these out because, um, you know, I, I've, I've been on a few podcasts. So this is, this is my idea. I'm just like, literally it just came to me is, um, I've been on a few podcasts where like, they have like a, like five, five or 10 questions speed round where, you yep. know, they're like, say the first thing that comes to your mind and they pop through their questions. I, I think it'd be really interesting to have like a pod deck question where it's like, okay, I'm going to shuffle the deck. You tell me when to stop. I'm going to pull that card and you answer yeah. it. I think that'd be a really interesting, fun 
um, element to. Yeah. So when I, when I initially launched this thing, I was thinking like people will use this to either plan interviews or like to study and things like that. But I have gotten so much feedback of how people are using these people go live with them. It's one of my favorite things to do. I go live on Instagram and I will say anybody who wants to be interviewed, join my live. And then someone will join and I will literally ask them questions from pod decks. I get to know them. Uh, I had a guy email me. He said, I went on a first date and I realized I had pod decks in my pocket. So I took them out and we talked about it all night and I got a second date. You know, people are making it a game on their show. People are using, uh, you know, I post pictures of the cards on social media. I'll tell you this right now. If you want more engagement on your social media posts, you have to give your audience a chance to interact with you. And having awesome questions just fills up the comments. You ask a question and everybody wants to answer it because psychologically, if somebody asks, asks you a question, your brain actually switches and it can't really think about anything else until it figures out what the answer to that question is. So you can hijack people on Instagram or Facebook just by asking great questions and engaging your audience more. So it just become a tool that is like so powerful, especially for content creators to have fun, spark new conversations, get to know new people and get more engagement on their social media. That is seriously the best. So do you, do you have like a, like, are you trying to release like, de like new decks all the time? Or like, are you yeah, decked so out? No pun intended. Like <laughs> Act the deck uh, to your podcast success. So we have five physical decks and those are interview decks. There's a, would you rather deck a, what the heck deck, which is a little more fun and the episode deck. But I realized that when you buy these, you're probably pretty excited and then you have to wait to get them, right? So you, you're excited about this, you press the button, you buy them and then I ship them to you, but it doesn't get to you right away. So I said to myself, how could I potentially reach people instantaneously and be able to create as many decks as I want? Well, that the answer was everyone has a mobile phone. I'm going to make a mobile app. So uh, on International Podcast Day this year, we released the Poddex app. It's available on Apple and Android. And we have over 2,500 questions. We release two new decks a, a month. And there are all kinds of different categories. We have the hustle deck, which is for like entrepreneurs, interview decks, uh, relationship decks, superhero decks, true crime decks, um, every category you could ever imagine. We're just building out all this content so that podcasters can be able to go in and, and pick what they want to use. And it's just been so much fun. And, you know, building the app was also a pivot. You know, I was thinking at some point, like, will the app put my, my cards out of business? And my mentor said to me, you know, you're, you're going to become a tech business instead of a deck business. So um, now they're both doing really well. Some people really like the tangible physical cards and then other people are just, you know, more digital. So uh, you have lots of options of how you get new ideas to spark conversations uh, from our end. I love it. I love it. So then how are you, let, let's dive into the marketing of this thing. How do you promote your, um, your, your, your content, your podcast, your done for you services, your decks, and maybe it's a little bit of a different strategy for each. And so yeah. you, you can start where you will, but uh, what are, what are some of the marketing tactics that you're using currently in your business? Yeah. So uh, the biggest thing that is a tool for getting people to find out about pod decks, because it's a new concept, it's blue ocean. There's, there's no other pod decks out there uh, is through advertising. So I just started off by promoting posts on Instagram because I had no background in paid ads. So I started to promote posts that led people to my website and they were buying. And then I started to do a little more research and realize I could target better people. I could get better analytics using Facebook ads. So I've 
essentially through trial and error, taught myself how to do and run Facebook advertising, which is a, you know a whole animal in itself. If you've ever seen the dashboard, it it was definitely built as an internal tool that is now a public tool. Uh, but I spend as much money as I can making sure that people see that there is a tool out there for them because this is a new concept. So that's number one for me. Uh, secondarily, I am just putting out as much content as I can that can help podcasters. Along the way, I mentioned, hey, this is a tool you can use, but I've built a huge community both in a Facebook group and on my Instagram. So I just really focus on those two. Uh, community has been a really big part of Poddex success because podcasters want to be a part of something. And they and, and I think inherently podcasters get community because we're networking, we're doing interviews on other people's shows, we realize the power of that. So I really focused on that community. So I do monthly giveaways where I give away, uh, you know, podcasting mics and all kinds of things like that. I give away some of my courses, I do coaching, I do live sessions where it's just podcaster office hours where I just, you come on and I help you figure out the next step that's going to get you there. So community is really, I would say probably number two in just my content strategy. Um, I could post pictures of products all day long, but if I can actually help podcasters with actual tips and tricks and um, things that help them mentally, that's been the most powerful tool. So it's easy to get overwhelmed and try to be everywhere all the time. I started on Instagram solely and I've slowly been, you know, creating YouTube videos and obviously the podcast and stuff. And I know, okay, here, here's, here's something that's really big. Things aren't built overnight. You know, podcasting is a marathon being in a band. It's a marathon. I just focus on what can I do today to either change someone's life, help them, uh, give them a tool and that compounding effect has led me to where I am today. And people start talking. When you are genuinely trying to help other people get where they want to go, you will definitely get what you want. And there's something to be said about that authenticity of actually genuinely wanting to help people that is magnetic. And then people will tell other people and it just spreads like wildfire. And so for me, it's perfect because I just get to be my true self. I want to help everybody. If you DM me while I'm doing something, I will literally stop what I'm doing and try to help you figure it out instead of doing focusing on the task at hand because that's just inherently who I am. Uh, so those are really sort of the, the top things I'm doing from a marketing standpoint because I'm patient. I'm just going to keep going and keep doing it. And again, I'm building libraries of content. I'm building valuable content that someone, once they stumble upon pod decks, they're going to go back and see all these things I've done to try to give them the value, which is something that I think some people are afraid to do. I think as a course creator or a coach, people are afraid to like kind of peel the curtain back and say, Here, here's how you do it, right? And I could tell you right now, every single step you need to do to start a podcast, but I still think you'd probably want a course or to be part of a community because that's just how we are inherently in nature. So uh, tell everybody all your secrets. And I'm telling you right now, the world will come to you. I love that. I love that. Such a good reminder and really important, even, 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 and especially if you're new, I think when you're newer in the space, I have, I have a lot of listeners who are on the, on the newer side as well. Like, you know, you, you tend to want to hold things to your chest. Yes. Um, but I've never, I've never spoken with a more experienced or more advanced entrepreneur in terms of experience and in revenue that they they don't say just give it away like yep. they're going to pay to have access to you they're going to pay to be a part of a community they're going to pay to get this exact same information in a different medium uh they they will you know i was i was in a mastermind uh, a couple of years ago with russell brunson and he said 
you know, why did you pay me $30,000 this year to be in this mastermind? He said, everything I teach you is in these books. You know, these books that are right above my head, right here. Yeah. I've got them all right here. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, you can get all of this information for under 30 bucks. Yep. Like, but you paid me 30,000 and we were all kind of like, you know, this is a huge example of that, of that principle. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, g- give it away and build your your trust. And, you know, one of the other things I've really focused on with Poddex and growing this business is um, I haven't taken a single penny out of the company. I've reallocated everything back into it to grow it to a place where it will be more successful down the road. And I think entrepreneurs make the mistake of when they start to make money, they pull money out and then they'll buy something stupid. You know, they'll buy a, a new TV or a computer or something. And I've literally taken $0 out of this company. I just keep reallocating it. I built an app. I make new products. I experiment with uh, accessories and I'm just, there's no reason for me to not build this up right now because it's in its, you know, it's in its infancy stage here. So uh, that's something I also think entrepreneurs make a mistake is like the second they start making money, they take money out because they've been working so hard and yes, you deserve it. But if you reallocate that into tools or a team, you will grow so much faster than getting some silly, you know, new iPad or whatever the thing, the shiny object is that you want because, you know, you've taken money out of your company. I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so good. So good. All right. So Travis, in your journey, as you've tested things and experiments with platforms and really worked to get your message out there, has there been anything that you've done that just has just totally bombed that you're like, whoa, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again, or I need to stop doing that or whatever. Can you share an experience where that happened? Yeah. So the first thing was I built, I built a course. I spent too much time building a course that nobody asked me to build. Um, That was a big, that was a big learning point for me is test the market first, you know? Uh, now what I do with courses is I actually say, Hey, I'm going to build a course on this. You can pre-order it here. And then if somebody actually orders it or multiple people order it, then I will start to build the course. Right? So always, you know, don't get the business card before you start the business. If that makes sense. Uh, secondarily, one lesson that I've learned is that people will always tell you that they want something. So, uh, for instance, um, you know, I made these t-shirts and hats because, I really genuinely make the things I want to wear or the art I want to see or the music I want to hear. So I really wanted these for myself. But I said, hey, I'm going to make these. Does anybody want them in my Facebook group? And everybody said, I had 50, 100 people say, absolutely. And then I actually fronted the money, had them made and said, the t-shirts are out. Well, all those people did not buy those t-shirts, right? So people will tell you they want something right? It's easy to say yes, but it's harder to put the credit card into the website and buy. So uh, I've learned that like the pre-order strategy is really something you need to do when you're testing your market, because there's a difference between saying yes, and then putting in your 16 digit uh, credit card number into the website. Does that make sense? Yeah, a hundred percent. It absolutely does. And, and I think it's such a good, good, good reminder. I, I was, you know, just, I, I get, dozens of requests daily for people that want help with Facebook ads. And they usually are something like, okay, I have a course. How do I promote it? I know I need ads. And one of the questions I always ask them, well, do you have people that have already bought it and used it and had a good experience? Because like, I personally don't believe in advertising things that aren't proven because it's like a, it's like a double whammy one. I don't want to manipulate someone into buying something that isn't proven that it's going to work. But two, it's just, it can be just a money pit for people, you know, Absolutely. at least 50% of the time they're like, no, I haven't sold one place yet. And I'm just like, 
and they're like yeah but I've, I've been working on this course for years and I'm just like oh my gosh Rick. yeah it's... first of all I will not run ads for you not because I don't love you and I don't think it can work it's not that I don't think it can work but like I'll just do you a favor like yeah you have to sell this organically and prove it first you have yes. to yeah, there's there's a lot of power in really starting small, you know. And and I'll and I'll mention to you, you know, when I started, I pressed ten decks, and I think a lot of people would run out and try to get as many as they could. Like you, you got to start small. Like start with one person, sell one person your course, and then ask them for feedback. Say, hey, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? A really great way that you can actually build a course and build interest in it is simply just map your course out and and say, hey, I'm doing a live workshop for free. Come on. And then you can start to gather questions that people may actually have. They, you know, the things that you may think are obvious to people may not be obvious. They may need different information than you're providing in this course. You can get a lot of valuable feedback and you can create, you know, a lead magnet to get their email for when you actually build the course. You know, there's different ways that you can do this. Again, it goes out, it goes all back to that whole give away the farm concept. Tell everybody, you know we think we make something that everybody's staring at it. You know, it's really hard to get attention in 2020. And so by giving people value first, you're going to build trust and it takes trust to put the credit card into the, the website to order. Right. So um, you want to build lots of trust. You want to give as much as you can because the reciprocity will eventually come back to you and people will support you because they'll want more of your content. Yes, I totally agree. I love that. I love that. Wow. Well, this, well, this, we have like, flown by in time like this is <laughs> we, we could talk for a long time i'm so grateful that we connected um i've got just a couple more questions for you um in this interview travis and we're probably gonna have to have you again because i feel like we're like barely just scratching the surface sure here. i'd love to um but my next question is what has been the biggest internal transformation that you've received as you've been on this journey and tested and iterated and made pivots and, and all that yeah. stuff so i am uh admittedly a very creative being and creative people tend to be visionaries and they tend to um, be a little bit out there as far as you know organization goes so i've really been focused on learning uh, the other side of my brain which is keeping things organized and have building systems and the you know it's easy for me to write a song i just sort of do it you know it's easy for me to just podcast i just do it but building a business you really have to have those systems in place or else you're just going to be on a hamster wheel chasing yourself all the time. So I've really been focused on, you know, creating operating procedures and systemizing things. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time on the experience of when you open Poddex, it's a whole experience. It's not just a white bag that shows up in the mail that's boring. It's a, it's a beautiful, uh, shiny orange envelope. And there's things in the envelope that are extra. And um, just creating all these little systems is difficult for a creative person because I don't like looking at spreadsheets. I don't like looking at analytics, but I'm really starting to learn how to do those things and love them. And so you just have to realize at some point, like you have major strengths, which make you amazing, but you have to look at your weaknesses and go, okay, I'm not really good with, you know, uh, keeping my email list up to date or, you know, whatever it is, we all have weaknesses. And if you can look at those and say, okay, this is an opportunity for me to strengthen that muscle then you could focus on that and do that. So I've really been just focused on systematizing, building a team, doing all the stuff that is the, I would say the unsexy part of being an entrepreneur, like all the, the you know, the things that people don't like to think about. We just like to like make the thing and, and put it out there and sell it. Well, there's so much that goes into the back end of a successful business. So I've really just uh, been gritting my teeth and learning those skills as a creative being. 
I love it. I love it. And I totally agree. And, and the systems are get, get more intense, the bigger you get. And, yes. and uh, it, that's a, that's a journey in and of itself. All right. Well, Travis, how can people find you, follow you, learn about you, get the pod decks, give us the details. Yeah. So you can uh, find me at poddex.com. That's the the website. And then we also have the Poddex mobile app, which is available in the Apple App Store or the Android Google Play Store. And then I spend a majority of my time on uh, Instagram. So at poddex is my handle. That's where I love to be. So I, I flourish there. And then I also have a Facebook group called the Podcast Builder Club. And so this is a club that is, it's a, it's a safe place for you to come in and learn about podcasting. I'm part of a lot of other groups where somebody comes in and asks a question that may have been asked before and they just get piled on by all the members like that they've landed from Mars and have asked this question. We don't do that in our group. Uh, it is a very inviting place, it's a safe place to ask questions. So I invite you to join my community. Uh, I do all kinds of lives and, uh, and, and other stuff in there. So I'd love to have people be a part of that. And those are really the best places to find me. I love it. Well, we're going to make sure to put all of those links in the notes and in our posts as we repurpose this guy. So make sure to follow up with Travis, whether you are interested in a podcast, starting a podcast, even having a podcast already, and you're ready to take it to the next level. Let's support this guy because he is the real deal. Travis, thank you so much for bringing the heat and bringing the real stuff and for pulling the curtain back and sharing the victories as well as the as the struggles. It has been a joy having you on the Marketing Matrix today. I'm very grateful to have been on the show. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Marketing Matrix podcast today. I know this episode was beneficial for you, and I hope that you can think of a friend or business associate who would benefit also. Go ahead and share the episode with them. Tune in next time to hear from the one, the only, the offer and launch genius himself, Mr. Steve Larson. Always remember that you are invited to join our marketing conversations in my free Facebook group called Facebook Ads for Coaches, Course Creators, and Lifestyle Ecom Brands. To hop in with others trying to master the ad game and scale their business, this is where you go. www.facebook.com slash groups slash FB Ad Ninja. That's FB as in Facebook, ad as in advertising, and ninja as in ninja. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.